Namaskaram. Uh, hi, Michael, Ernesto, Jose. Uh, today we have a short question that says, uh, to what extent would it be advisable for an aspirant who has a negative state of mind and a flood of thoughts to propose some development of Vipassana meditation and strengthening of his witnessing position before putting self-inquiry first if he's barely able to attend to himself? I put this, this uh, idea, uh, Jose, Michael, uh, Carlos, no? Uh, for the experience of some friends, no? That when along the some years, they try to attend himself, uh, attend ourselves, no? Attend what we really, really are. Um, the magnitude of the um, of the thoughts in, in his mind uh, are very very powerful, no? and and they can't to uh, develop. Uh, um the, the the capacity to observe because they uh, they find the, the witness only a little no only a little no and they have too much difficult to observe their thoughts uh, moving and when uh, they try to attend himself as uh, uh, what we really are they have very 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 much difficulties with that no and for this reason, I I want to to take this topic to speak uh, all together about it uh, to give more clarity. Okay, um, it is all a matter of what attracts us. If we are attracted to this path in, of self investigation, none of these other practices are necessary. If we are not attracted to the path of self-investigation, then we can do these other practices if that appeals to us. But it's none of these other practices are in any way uh, a substitute for self-investigation. What we seek, the root cause of all our problems is our rising as ego, the false awareness, I am this body, I am this person. None of these other practices can eradicate this root problem. They may have some sort of therapeutic effect, they may have some, uh, they may even to some extent purify the mind if done over a long period of time, but they are not um, None of them are uh, adequate alternatives to self-investigation. Whatever other path we may we may follow, sooner or later, we're going to find these other paths are not. They're not. They're not going to give us the infinite happiness we uh, we are all seeking because they are not dealing with the root problem. What is the obstacle to us are experiencing infinite happiness? It is our rising as ego. Our real nature is infinite happiness. When we rise as ego, we're aware of something other than what we actually are. So all problems arise as a result of that. So these other methods are for people who are not yet ready to um, 
to pay the price that is necessary for infinite happiness. The price, price that is necessary is the eradication of ourself as ego, complete surrender of ourself, complete dissolution of ourself as ego, in order to be, to remain as what we actually are. For this, the only means is self-investigation. Other, other paths, as I say, they may have some therapeutic effect. They may even, to some extent, um, be aids to purifying the mind. But um, they, we shouldn't take these other paths as alternatives. That's one thing. The other thing is, you say, uh, I mean, whoever's asked this question says about um, they're ba barely able to attend to themselves. This idea is based on the, the mistaken belief that this path of self-investigation is difficult. It is not difficult. As Bhagavan pointed out, it is extremely easy. It is the easiest of all paths. Why it seems to be difficult is not because it's actually difficult to attend to ourselves, because we are unwilling to attend to ourselves. Because when we attend to ourselves, we as ego begin to subside and dissolve back into our, our source. If we are not yet willing to let go of this ego, and I mean, to let go of everything that this ego is clinging to, and thereby let go of ego itself, we will, we will be unwilling to attend to ourselves. So it's all a matter of our willingness. Are we willing to pay the price? Are we willing to surrender ourselves completely? If we're honest with ourselves, we are not yet willing to do, we're not yet willing to surrender ourselves completely. But if we understand Bhagavan's teachings, we'll understand that this is the only way, there is no, there's no alternative to this. So sooner or later, if we want to experience the ultimate happiness that we're all seeking, we have to we have to be ready to pay the price. We have to be ready to eradicate ego. And eradication of ego begins with attending to ourself. The more we attend to ourself, more ego will subside, and eventually it will dissolve completely into its source. Maybe the point, Michael, is that what is uh, what the, it, it's, uh, are, you are very, really attractive to this um, to this method, no? to this practice of Atma yes. Chana. What, what, yeah. is, what is a, a person that is really, really interesting and really attractive uh, to this? No? Because too many people think, I, I want this method and I feel that it is the, 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 the final practice. No? Yes. And I, 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 I feel in myself uh, um, like a magnet no? that attracts yes. me to that. But at the moment of the practice, mm. they don't feel the same because they have this problem that when they try to attend himself, uh, at, uh, attend ourselves, that what we really are, the, 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 the power of the, their bhasanas, uh, the movement of the bridges in the mind are very powerful. And... Uh, sometimes uh, maybe uh, this position of witness is only a intermediate position before the beginning of more fluid 
practice of Atma Vichara, no? It's like a preparation, a, a preparation, no? Because if this person can't to observe the, the, the mind, no? To observe the vritis, the, the thoughts, and when they try to, uh, to attend himself and have this difficult, because the, the power of the vasanas go outside, and they try a little, try a little, and after two years, <laughs> no changes in that, uh, maybe is is um, a good recommendation to to try to uh, give uh, to to stay in this position to know what is the sachit, no, the, the awareness, what we really are, and and try to don't identificate with the with the thoughts like a intermediate uh, step, no, the the intermediate between sachit. And all these phenomena is ego. It is only in the view of ego that all these phenomena exist. This, this, the reason why in sastras they talk about the witness is that is to help us to understand that as ego, though as ego we identify ourselves with the mind, speech, and body, with these five sheaths, the panchakosa, these are all objects. We are not the object. We are not any of these objects. We are the subject. That is what is meant by witness. So it is to help this, this idea of sakshi or witness is to help us distinguish ourselves from all the things that we take ourselves to be. It is This is misunderstood by many people to mean that if we just stay watching thoughts, we are being the witness. Being the witness means being the ego. Ego is the witness in this sense. If th That is, Bhagavan has distinguished two senses in which the term witness is used in the Sastras, which it, Unfortunately, this creates a little bit of confusion, but we need, if we understand this distinction, we'll understand in each context in what sense the term witness is being used. That is the simple and most obvious meaning of the term witness is the knower, the watcher, the observer, the experiencer. In other words, ego. It is ego that is aware of all these things. But as I say, rather confusingly, in in the Sastras, they also talk about Atmaswarupa or Brahman, our real nature, as being Sarvasakshi, the witness of all, or Jiva Sakshi, the witness of, of Jiva. Bhagavan said, when Brahman is referred to as, or our real nature is referred to as Sakshi, their Sakshi is used in a different sense. It is not used in the sense of the knower, but in the, Bhagavan said, Sakshi there means sanadi. Sanadi is presence. It's in the presence of ourself as we actually are, but all these things appear, not in the view of ourself as we actually are. It's only in the view of ego that all these phenomena appear. So we need to clearly distinguish these two senses in which the term witness is used. When we are talking about witness in the sense of the knower of other things, that witness is ego. And the reason we are told that we as ego are the witness is to help us distinguish ourselves as subject from all the objects that we take ourselves to be. That is, these five sheaths, this uh, physical body of uh, uh, life or prana that animates it, 
the mind in the sense of the grosser functions of the mind, the perceptions, memories, thoughts, feelings, emotions, and so on. These are all objects. The intellect, the intellect has certain functions, reasoning, um, judging, discriminating. Um, the, the, these functions of the intellect are all perceived by us. They're all things known by us, so they're objects. Likewise, the will consists of the vasanas. And when the vasanas sprout, they become likes, dislikes, desires, attachments, and so on. All of these make the will. All of these are objects. The vasanas are objects known by us. We are aware of this inclination. This inclination, we are not the vasanas. The vasanas are, are what we experience. There are likes and our dislikes. We are not the likes and dislikes. We are that which has those likes and dislikes. So the, the, the reason that... The, um, the, the, the sastras talk about witness. It, it is to help us in this process that is sometimes referred to as drisya viveka, that is distinguishing the seer from the seen, the perceiver from what is perceived, the knower from what is known. So the reason we are said to be the sakshi is to help us draw our attention back to ourselves, to draw our attention away from all objects, back towards ourself as the subject. If we attend to ourself as a subject, that is as ego, ego will subside and everything else will subside along with it. And, and when ego subsides um, sufficiently, it will thereby merge back and be dissolved in its source. So the whole purpose of this talk about witness is to help us draw our attention back to ourself as subject. It is not to, to do vipassana meditation. Vipassana meditation means it attending is. to things other than ourselves, attending it, to phenomena. Yeah. You start off by attending to the breath and then the sensations in the body and then the thoughts in the mind or whatever. These are all objective attention. We're attending to things other than ourselves. That isn't helping us to subside because so long as we're attending to other things, we're grasping those other things. We are thereby feeding and nourishing ego. The only way to get rid of ego is not to grasp anything other than ourselves, not to attend to anything other than ourselves, but to attend to ourselves alone. Absolutely uh, in accord with you, no? But the, when when you begin to establish in the sakshi, is ego because in the chitta vasa is the but is the part real of the of the of the mix, no? When you yes, are but to be knowing what is the knower. Uh, with independence that if in yeah. the view of this nowhere there are objects, this this nowhere is the the first step for one person that begin to discover that they they are uh, they have in himself a part uh, that between uh, meanwhile he discover after Kaibalia and stay only exclusive in in attending himself as this shakshi. Uh, finally, all the objects begin to disappear, no, uh, for moments uh, at the first time. But if this person have too many difficulties because there are too many, uh, he's attractive to this to this path, yes, because feel that is the 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 the, the, the last solution, the, the final solution, the, the the direct path, all of that. But when he try or she try to, to attend himself. 
the, the power of the vasanas, uh, no, the ego creating these vasanas, um, take this his attention outside and begin to identification with all these objects. And um, I think that I, I know that is not the the, the, the real solution and, and the, the final solution. Like, but an intermediate intermediate step, uh, I observe in some people, maybe no function in all the people, that when they can to uh, 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 abide abide in a in a state of only observe without identification, he creates a, a space that to no identification with the objects of the, their thoughts. And can make it more easily the, the the next step to attend only himself as witness. No. Okay. Um, okay. Firstly, about this, but we can we can this idea, but by attending to things as um, as a witness, so that is with the attitude, I am a witness of these things that we thereby uh, don't identify them with them. It may superficially seem to be the case, but it is not actually the case because what is it that identifies with anything other than itself? It is ego. And by attending to things other than ourselves, we are thereby feeding this ego. So we are strengthening the identification. We are strengthening our this 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 false awareness of ourself as something separate. The only way to eradicate ego is to attend to it, not to attend to other things. Attending to, as Bhagavan says in verse 25 of Uludunapadu, ego is a formless phantom. It's formless because it's got no form of its own, but it cannot rise, stand, or flourish without grasping form. That's why he says, Urupatri undam, grasping form, it comes into existence. So as soon as ego comes into existence, it grasps the form. The first form it grasps is the form of the body, the five sheaths, as I. Grasping form, it stands. That is, it cannot stand for a moment without grasping this body as I. And then he says, Urupatri undu mika ongam, grasping and feeding on forms, it flourishes abundantly. That is, having grasped this form of this body as I, we are constantly attending to other things. Attending to other things is what Bhagavan describes as grasping form. How do we grasp form? We grasp in our attention, in our awareness. So being aware of anything other than ourself is grasping form. And by grasping form, we are thereby feeding ego. Ego, will, ego flourishes by attending to things other than itself. That is what Bhagavan is teaching us in verse 25. And if we leave one thing, it grasps another thing. But so if we want to get rid of ego, the only way is to investigate it. That's why he says, Tedinal Otumpidicum. If sought, it takes flight. If we attend to anything other than ourselves, we are feeding and nourishing ego. Uh, only if we attend to ourselves uh, uh, will ego subside and dissolve back into its source. This is this is the the fundamental principle of Bhagavan's teaching. This is the great uh, truth that he has revealed to us. So if we understand this verse 25, we will understand that trying to be the witness or to practice Vipassana meditation, I don't say that at some 
surface level, these things may have some benefit, but they're not dealing with the problem. The problem is ego. And the only way to deal with, in fact, they're nourishing ego. Attending to anything other than ourselves is nourishing ego. The only way to, if we are serious that we want to eradicate ego, we must try to attend to ourselves. And regarding difficulty, of course we all have difficulty because we all have Vishaya Vasanas. It's the very nature of ego to have Vishaya Vasanas. If we give up because it's diff because we find it difficult, we find it difficult because of our unwillingness to attend to ourselves. But the only way to overcome that unwillingness is in spite of any amount of difficulty, we just have to persevere. Nobody has succeeded in this path without perseverance. It doesn't even matter if we seem to be constantly failing. So long as we are persevering in trying, we're moving in the right direction. So however many times our Bhagavan says, Nana, however many thoughts rise, so what? That means however many times our attention goes away from ourselves, so what? Whenever our attention goes away from ourselves, we must try and bring it back to ourselves. And even if we seem to be failing, the very fact that we are trying means we are making progress, we're moving in the right direction. So it is people who conclude that uh, maybe I should do this meditation or that meditation, Vipassana or Japa or this or that, or yoga or pranayama or this or that, it is because they they haven't understood or they're unwilling to accept what Bhagavan taught us. If we understand what Bhagavan taught us, the only way to get rid of ego is to attend to it. And however difficult that may seem to be, if we want to if we want to make progress in the spiritual path, there is no alternative. We just have to keep on trying. It doesn't matter how many times we fail, so long as we are trying, we are moving in the right direction. If you're undertaking a difficult task, you you don't if if you really want to succeed, you have to be ready to face any amount of difficulty. Difficulty shouldn't put us off. And we know what the difficulty is. The difficulty lies in ourselves as ego. As ego, we have so many Vishaya Vasanas, we have so much taste to go outwards. How to how to um how to weaken those Vishaya Vasanas and strengthen the Sat Vasana, the only way is to attend to ourselves. If we're attending to other things, if we're doing Vipassana meditation or Japa or any of these other practices, we're attending to things other than ourselves, we are thereby feeding and nourishing those Vasanas. That is all the thing, everything other than ourselves is a Vishaya. So, but the liking to attend to vishayas are what are called vishaya vasanas. If, so if we feed those likings, they'll grow stronger. So we cannot destroy vishaya vasanas by vipassana meditation or japa or any of these things. The only way to, uh, effective way to weaken all vishaya vasanas is to attend to ourselves. Uh, I, I remember what Salwam said, no, about when you are looking or attending to objects, uh, you are uh, increase the power of ego. Yes. Uh, inner attention, uh, respect the external attention, no. And when you are trying to separate of the object objects that you are attending to, uh, these have a, 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 a 
a, a, a parallel result of increase the identification tool. No? Yes, yes. But for example, if I I I I speak about my own experience, no, I I begin uh, thirty years old, thirty years old, thirty years ago, yes. uh, with um, Buddhist meditation, no. Yes. And I I I know when when I, I find this uh, this path of a Bhagavan, uh, for me um, is more easy. To, to attend myself because I separate the tendency to are identificate with the with the with the thoughts no? yes. at, 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 a, at a point no yes and it's, it's not only to to retire the attention uh, to not identificate with the objects is uh, not sway uh, by the inclinations too, yes. no. Um, it's clear that when you have a really, really attractive to this path, yes, because in, uh, you fail uh, and you wake up again and you try and you try and you try too many, 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 many times, yes, and you continue to love with the, with this path, mm. no. I think that the, the point or the question is, what is that uh, uh, Sadaka is really attractive to this part? What is the 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 real clarity of of the one aspirant is very really attractive to this past? But because I think, and maybe your opinion is different, no? That one person that begin with Bhagavan teachings and try to practice, and after Maybe you know, say one year, uh, and they uh, forget this practice and uh, abandon it. I don't know how is abandon it. Uh, drop off the, the practice. Abandon. Abandon, abandon the practice. This is not really a, 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 in attraction to this path. Uh, maybe it's a fantasy. Maybe yes. it's a, you want to stay in a level that he he is not really. No? Yes, if it's just a casual curiosity, we may start this path and find, and then uh, uh, abandon it. But if we really seriously are interested in what Bhagavan is teaching us, what the, the goal that Bhagavan has has pointed us towards, if we're really interested in that, it doesn't matter how difficult this is, we will persevere. As Bhagavan said, perseverance is the only sign of, of, of progress, and there can be no progress without perseverance. That means Bhagavan, Bhagavan acknowledges, Bhagavan recognizes, though it's actually very easy, but it seems difficult because of our Vishaya Vasana. The Vishaya Vasana is a problem. But whose Vishaya Vasanas are they? Ego, and it's the very nature of ego to have Vishaya Vasanas. So the only way is we need to be ready to fight to, to fight the battle that has to be fought. We need to avoid, we can overcome the Shayavasanas only by not allowing ourselves to be swayed by them. When we are do, practicing any meditation in which we're attending to anything other than ourselves, other than our own being, 
we are attending to Vishayas. We attend to Vishayas under the sway of Vishaya Vasanas. And by by attending to Vishayas under the sway of Vishaya Vasanas, we are thereby feeding and nourishing those Vishaya Vasanas. So it there's no compulsion in this path. Bhagavan never uh, uh, tried to compel anyone, you have to follow this path. But Bhagavan gave us all the reasons why the wise choice is to follow this path, however difficult it may seem to be. If we pay close attention to what Bhagavan has taught us, our mind will not be, we will just not be drawn to other practices. If we're drawn to other practices, that means we're we're not yet really seriously ready to eradicate this ego. We're not seriously ready to surrender ourselves completely. In which case, there are so many other paths to follow. It's fine. Let let anyone follow any path. But sooner or later, if we want to uh, reach the final destination which is our own real nature, the place where we started from, if we want to return to the source from which we started, the only way is to turn our... It's by our outward-going attention that we come outwards. It's only by inward-going attention that we will return within. There is no, there's no alternative to this. So there's no compulsion, as I say. It's, everyone is free to follow whatever they want. But if people ask us about this, people say, I, I, I like to follow this path, but it, I find it very difficult. We just have to tell them, yes, of course it's difficult. It, it, of course it seems difficult, that is. It's not actually difficult. It seems difficult because of our Vishaya Vasanas. We all face this same problem. It's there for everyone. Anyone who's following this path, we're following this path precisely because we've risen as ego. And as ego, we have to share vasanas to a greater or lesser extent. So the only way to overcome the vishaya vasanas and thereby eventually to eradicate ego is to try more and more and more to attend to ourselves. If we think, oh, if I do this, it will help. If I do that, it will help. We are just allowing ourselves uh, to be, we, we are deluding ourselves, thinking that this or that is going to help. The only thing that will help is to persevere in the practice. This is what we learn. If we read Bhagavan's teachings carefully, this is what we learn from Bhagavan's teaching. People say, oh, but in talks, Bhagavan says, um, when someone asks about Japa, Bhagavan says, yes, you can also do Japa. Of course, Bhagavan says that, because if people aren't willing to follow this path, Bhagavan's not going to try and compel them, because they, um, when, when the court asked Bhagavan why money is accepted by the ashram in his name, Bhagavan said, I don't want to, I, I told them not to collect money in my name, uh, they don't listen to me. I don't like to give ineffective advice, so I keep quiet. So many of the things Bhagavan says, it's because he doesn't want to give ineffective advice. There's no use telling someone who doesn't want to turn within, but they have to turn within. So if they say, Bhagavan, I find this self-inquiry very, very difficult. Can I do Japa instead? Yes, certainly do Japa, <laughs> because there's no point in giving ineffective advice. 
They want to do japa, let them do japa. Sooner or later, the benefit of doing japa or vipassana or any other type of meditation is sooner or later we will find it is not we we are not achieving what we are seeking, which is infinite happiness. So sooner or later we will we will um we will come to recognize the 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 inadequacy of all these other paths. And and then if we are serious about wanting um infinite happiness in returning to our source by to be as we actually are. Sooner or later, we will we will be drawn to this path, recognizing the futility of all other paths. Until we've recognized the futility of other paths, but we'll say yes to follow all the other paths. Go go on until you find they're futile, and then come back, and then you'll be told the same thing you were told now, which is that the only way is to turn back within. The, the, the question is that. The... The real arrive to the uh, clarity, absolutely clarity the, of the futility of all of the other paths. No, yes, it's, it's a it's a level. No, it's a, it's a level. Uh, it's a level in in this uh, in this way. Yes, because yes. Too many people think or presume or uh, have the fantasy that because they uh, stay too many years meditation or other is real. Um, apt to to this path, but at yeah. the moment of the practice, they no perseverance uh, yes. enough, yeah. no? yes. or or they are more in the, more in the illusion of uh, that is the final path, and I want to stay there, no, and and are the the privilege of some little people that wants to uh, the moksha, no, mm. but at the at the at the real practice. Um, they are not uh, with the disposition, the real attitude to, to, to this path, no? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, it's, yeah, we, we, we can't answer for others. We can only say, if we want to follow this, if, if we want, if we are serious about wanting to experience infinite happiness, we have to recognize that the obstacle to are experiencing infinite happiness, which is our own real nature, is our rising as ego. So we have to recognize that the price we have to pay sooner or later is annihilation of ego. And the only means to annihilate ego is to turn within. Because... So we, we can tell that to others, whether they accept it or not, that's up to them. Yeah. I mean, it's not... Yes. We, 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 we are not here to... If people ask us about Bhagavan's teachings, we should say, but we should tell what Bhagavan's teachings actually are. Whether those other people want to accept that or not is entirely up to them. We are not, we are not here to force anything. We are not. Everyone is free to believe whatever they want to believe. They're free to do whatever they want to do. Because uh, we used to say, uh, this path seems to be difficult but yes the, exactly the, the, it, it will always seem difficult so long as we have strong vishaya vasanas and yes. we're all in that position we all have strong vishaya vasanas that's why we haven't yet surrendered ourselves so this um, path will seem difficult up to the end that is but, but we'll be constantly swimming against the current of these vishaya vasanas the outward 
the outward pulling flow of Vishaya Vasanas, we we have to swim against that. So it will always seem to be difficult, though the truth is it's actually very easy. Yes, it's easy truth, because I, I, all we have to do is just be as we actually are without rising as ego. But Michael, but in the view of the people that is not prepared, really prepared, no, really yes. attractive to, to practice, really. Yes. From his view, is not seems to be difficult. It's very difficult, no? It's, okay, his well, perspective it, is that, no? It's, this is very it, difficult, no? That, and maybe that, you say, all it seems, yes, because from the point of view of what we really, we really are, this is the most simple. And, yeah. the, and the, 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 the turn within, they are not more difficult than the, uh, the, 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 the flourishing of the basanas, no? Yes. But when you feel this ego and when you feel the, the power of these basanas, like waves uh, yes. taking you to the to the uh, to the ground of the ocean uh, from this point of view of the salaka it not seems to be is yes. very difficult yes. no? that's why i say uh, we we can if people ask us we can say what bhagavan has taught it's up to people to think carefully about what bhagavan has taught and to decide for themselves whether they're ready to accept it. If they're ready to accept it, then their only way is to put this into practice. The more we put it into practice, the stronger our conviction will become. Because it's we can see the efficacy of this path. We can see that by attending to ourselves, if we want to stop the rising of ego, by attending to ourselves, we can see that ego is beginning to subside. Not that ego is an object, but we actually see. But we we can we can we can know it in ourselves. But to the extent to which we attend to other things, we rise. To the extent to which we attend to ourselves, we thereby subside. We can see that in, from our own experience in the practice. So it becomes clearer and clearer to us the more we put it into practice. So the conviction becomes stronger. Ultimately, the words, the words can help only to a certain extent. The words can point us in the right direction. We have to think carefully about it to understand, but to understand why what Bhagavan says is correct. Then we have to apply it in practice. The more we apply it in practice, the clearer and clearer the truth of Bhagavan's teachings will become to us. And also, um, maybe this path seems so difficult to us, also because it's uh, it's the ultimate path, and it's the I mean the price to be paid here is the the highest yes, price. Exactly, exactly. In other exactly. practices like uh, vipassana, for example, you I don't know. Maybe your goal is to quiet your mind, to quiet your thoughts, to have more peace of mind, and that's yeah. no no threat to ego in yeah. a sense. No, I mean uh, yeah. I can, uh, I mean, I can volunteer to have a, a, a more peaceful ego or, yes. or a more societal mind yes. and so on. Yeah? So we need, like, uh, it, it requires ultimate perseverance, yes. ultimate... Uh, uh... To, to achieve any worldly objective, it requires a certain amount of dedication. If you want to be a doctor, you have to study hard and pass the exams. If you want to be a... Um, a politician, you have to become popular with people. If you want to be a, 
an academic, you have to study, you have to pass your exams and everything. If you want to be a, um, a an industrialist, to be to make lots of money in business or something, you have to work hard at it. So, for, to achieve anything, you have to. It requires a certain amount of dedication. So when ordinary things in life, these ordinary, mundane, trivial, transient goals, that is whatever we achieve in this life, it can, it's not going to last long. We don't know how long this body is going to last. All that we achieve in this life will come to a, will be rendered to nothing when this body dies. However famous, however rich, however powerful, however learned, however, whatever we may achieve, it's all just passing dream. So, but we strive so much for these transient things, but we're not ready to put in a little bit of effort that is necessary in order to achieve the ultimate and eternal goal of infinite happiness being as, by being as we actually are. So when all these ordinary things, we, we, we don't complain. If, if we want to be rich, we don't complain. Oh, it's very difficult becoming rich. It's very difficult. I have to work hard. And we, people who, who want to become rich, they are ready to put in any amount of effort to become rich. People who want to, who are interested in any subject, whether it's science or um, philosophy or history or geography or whatever it may be, and someone who is passionately interested in a subject, they don't say, oh, it's very difficult learning all this. I have to read so many books. I have to attend so many lectures. I have to watch so many YouTube channels. Oh, it's too difficult. I, 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 that means if they think it's difficult, they're not really interested in that. If we are interested in knowing who am I, no amount of difficulty will put us off. If we put off by a little bit of difficulty, it means we are not. We don't seriously want to know who am I. It's as simple as that. That's why, as Bhagavan said, bhakti is the mother of jnana. It's all down to what we want. Bhakti means love. Do we do we love to know and to be what we actually are? Do we love to uh, give surrender ourselves completely or not? If we truly love to surrender ourselves and thereby to know and to be what we actually are, no amount of difficulty will put, will deter us. If we are deterred by a little difficulty, it means we are not really serious in our, in our love to know and to be what we actually are. So it's all a matter of love. It's all a matter of how much we actually want this. How, are we ready to pay the price? In a sense, it's also like uh, sometimes I tell some of my students ask me like, can you can you can you learn Spanish in four or five months? And and I usually tell them that you, it, it 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 depends on what you are ready to put into it. I mean, if yeah, you can, exactly. if you are ready to to study outside of class and you know speak with people and uh, all all of that. Anything you see the difference very clearly. Someone yeah. who goes to class and does nothing else yes. and closes the book and, just, and the other people who after class they continue doing things and talking to people and fine uh, so I mean it's, different, you know, it's sort of a part of a different nature obviously yeah, yeah it's not the, but the, the motivation and yeah. the love or interest as you say yes. yeah it's uh... as with everything in life you get out of it what you put into it 
you want to learn a language, you have to you have to put all your effort into it. You have to put all your interest into it. You need to be ready to read books, listen to recordings, attend classes, whatever it is, speak to people whose native uh, tongue it is, whatever Beaver means. You need to you you need to put in the effort. But amount of effort you put in is the amount of reward you get out of it. But we want this ultimate goal without being willing to put in the necessary effort. So we say, oh, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. Sure, it's difficult, but so what? <laughs> if something is worth undertaking, if, if something is worthwhile, we, are, we will not be deterred by difficulty. If we're deterred by difficulty, that means we really don't think it's worthwhile. And it's also surrendering that the, the another reason that could be why it seems so difficult to us because we are we are in a sense we are thinking we understand that we have to surrender ourselves completely. It's as we think from the standpoint of ego that we have to surrender what we truly are, even though we are yeah. not that. But yeah. it looks seems to us that it's what what now seems to be ourselves. We, 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 we are in practice, when we try and put this into practice, we find we are not even willing to let go of these thoughts. We're not willing to let go of anything other than ourselves. We continue wanting to grasp them. So we, we, we say, Bhagavan once said, everyone who comes here says they come only for moksha. But if I show a small sample of moksha, all the crows will fly away and I'll be left sitting here alone. Turning our attention within is that small sample of moksha. To the extent to which we attend to ourselves and thereby let go of all other things and hold on to ourselves alone, that is the sample of moksha. Are we ready? Are we ready to let go of everything entirely and to remain eternally just as pure being or not? The, the, the test of our willingness to, to surrender ourselves is our willingness to turn our attention within and to hold on firmly to self-attentiveness. If we're honest with ourselves, we we are lacking, uh, we are severely lacking in that willingness, in that love. Doesn't matter. Yes, we need to recognize the, our lack of willingness, our lack of love. But how do we, okay, so I lack the sufficient love. What am I to do about it? The only way is to practice. By practice, the only way in which we can cultivate the required love is by persevering in the practice. Yeah, because anatma is our interest in anatma is a problem. Yes, exactly, exactly. And to the extent to which we're interested in anatma, in things other than ourselves, we are lacking interest in knowing ourselves. Atma. Yeah, atma, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I wanted to, uh, well, see if Ernest, what, what he thinks, uh, if, for example, doing Vipassana at the same time as uh, self-investigation, it, it can cause some confusion in terms of uh, the paradigm you are, uh, the part from the paradigm of your practice, because when doing self investigation, you are uh, avoiding anything external, uh, even your body, 
and when doing vipassana uh, you're working you're, you're seeing your practice from another standpoint like you're, you're, you have to accept that you're going to be swayed by vasanas you're looking or there is the, like exactly the opposite direction yeah like it could create confusion in some sense like uh, mixing or if you say you want to see the sun and then turn your back on the sun it's not going to enable you to see the sun you need to turn around and look at the sun likewise i don't we have a choice either we look outwards or we look inwards outwards means towards things other than ourselves inwards means towards ourselves alone there's no compromise between the two yes but i think that uh, something is the indication no of what is the most effective effective uh, direction and other thing is what finally of course in the personal uh, process of uh, each people no? and some peoples begin to practice uh, Zen for example and stay 10 years observing the the void hmm. thinking that this void is <laughs> the yeah. stay in in uh, in Sahaya and after of that discover that if you are looking or seeing something including void this is ego no yeah. we see and uh, what I, I I meant when I, I want to explain or uh, explain myself is uh, finally we don't know how is going the process inner of each people, no? Maybe to discover the motivation, the real motivation to only attend himself. Yes. Is passing for this different path of mixing uh, combinations until they discover that they feel the real motivation to only attend himself. Yes, I mean, people will follow whatever interests them, whatever appeals to them. But sooner or later, whatever they may follow, sooner or later, they will find that what they are seeking is not available anywhere outside themselves. And then they will begin to look within. We, we need to be willing to accept but uh, or we need to be willing to recognize that what we have been seeking all this time does not exist outside ourself. It exists in ourself as ourself. Until we are willing to accept that, we will continue making effort outwardly. It's, it's a question of faith in Bhagavan's teachings. Well. Yes, you... but faith faith doesn't mean just um, just um, in oh, the blind. sense that people usually talk about faith of some leap in the dark, some blind blind faith or anything. It is not true faith. True spiritual faith is clarity of mind, and that clarity comes to the extent to which we look within. Basically, the practice. Of so the clarity, the faith that is born by cl of clarity alone is real faith. The other type of faith that people, what people usually take to be faith, is just a, a blind acceptance of certain 
doctrines or certain ideas. That's not the true faith. True faith is the inner clarity, and that inner clarity shines to the extent to which we look within ourselves. That is what is meant by the Sanskrit word sraddha. Sraddha means faith in that sense. It may be understood by, by many people in the ordinary sense of believing something, but that is not the real, it's the, it's the, it's, it's the inner clarity alone is, is the true meaning of sraddha. To the extent to which that inner clarity is there, we will recognize the truth of, of Bhagavan's teachings. It's not just a matter of believing, it's a matter of recognizing. Yes. Clearly recognizing, clearly seeing, yes, this is, this is the truth. And if someone is not yet ready to, however much, I have people who ask me questions and they go on asking the same thing again and again and again and again. In so many different ways, they're asking the same thing because they're just not willing to see the truth, the simple truth of what Bhagavan has said. And whatever we may say, there were some people who came to Bhagavan and questioned him, but because they were not willing to see what he was pointing out, even Bhagavan couldn't convince them. They That's why often it. Bhagavan kept quiet, because there's no point in, in, in trying to convince someone who is just not willing to be convinced, not willing to see it. They want to, to take the treasure uh, without... The price. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like, I feel like the ego, we as ego, not wanting to do this. It's like the it's like a, a person who has in one building many girlfriends, but in, on on floor fifty, there's the most beautiful woman that has ever existed. It's in it's in floor fifty, but he does he, he always skips from forty nine to fifty one, because he knows that if he opens door fifty, he's just gonna marry this one forever internally. He's gonna let go of all the other floors, and it's it's going to be an eternal marriage here because it's such is the beauty of Lord 50. So we continuously skip our own self-awareness with yeah, this yeah. beautiful, beautiful woman yeah, yeah. in if, order to, to if, live this weird romances across the building. If we see, if for one moment we see the beauty of our real nature, all the beauty of the world will, will, gone. will be gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because we're not willing to let go of this world, we are not willing to look within ourselves. Because if we look within ourselves, ego, the one who, who sees the world, one who sustains the appearance of the world, will go. So we, yeah. that's why Bhagavan says in verse 26 of Uludhanapadu, if ego comes into existence, everything comes into existence. If ego doesn't exist, everything doesn't exist. Ego itself is everything. Therefore, investigating what it is, is giving up everything. That is, if we investigate this ego, ego will, will cease to exist. And when ego doesn't exist, everything doesn't exist. So we need to be willing to give up everything. 
That is the price to be paid. Everything includes ourself as ego. All needs to go. We can give up everything else only when we give up this ego. So long as ego is there, everything else is there. So we, it, it's a matter of, are we willing to pay the price? No, the truth is, we are not yet willing to pay the price. But are, are we at least willing to become willing to pay the price? Right. All our sadhana is, is, is cultivating the willingness to pay the ultimate price. That's why, that's why so many years or lifetimes of this, of this, uh, of this practice is necessary until we must need to continue practicing until we are willing to pay the price. Once we're willing to pay the price, it's over in a, in a flash. Knowing ourselves doesn't take a long time. It's preparing ourselves to be willing to know ourselves that takes a long time. So we may have been following this for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, even 90 years. Doesn't matter. We need to be ready to continue, even if it's for 100 lifetimes, doesn't matter. Until we are willing to surrender ourselves completely, as Bhagavan says, so long as the Vishaya Bhasanas exist in the mind, so long the uh, investigation, who am I, is necessary. He says in the uh, first sentence of the 11th paragraph of Nana. So, in, that is, so long as the Vishaya Bhasanas are in the mind, I mean, so long as we still have a taste to go outwards, we need to continue trying to turn within to see what we actually are. And that taste to go outwards is the very nature of ego. So this vichara is necessary so long as we continue to rise as ego. We're beginning to learn about the girl at on four fifty. We're, we're beginning to learn her name, her, but we're not actually going. We're just no. at least getting to read and hear about her, have some interest. No, we're not going yet. Yeah. <laughs> but at least yeah. we, we're starting to, okay, let's consider the option. And whenever we come outwards, we, we suffer in this world. We know all know from experience, the yeah. outward going mind is, is, as Bhagavan says, when the mind comes out from self, the world appears. When the world appears, the mind experiences dukkha. So we we know that there's a price to be paid for going outwards, but still, uh, still hoping to get. We're still hoping to find some iotas of happiness in this external world. But the more, as time goes on, we recognize more and more that there's nothing in this world. The true happiness lies only within us, and the more clearly we see that the more willing we will be to put in the effort that is necessary to turn within. <laughs>